Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. I'm an outreach guy. Uh, I don't think you care about that either, but it is important. Church growth is important. We live in a world that's a mess. Uh, I was telling, I was raised far from God. I was raised in a religion that's going to blow your mind. I was raised in a religion as far from Christianity as you can be. You guys sing about, you know, he talked about, you know, uh, Satan not being dead. No, I was raised in a church. My mom practiced witchcraft. Her mom practiced witchcraft. I was raised in all of that. I have a, quite a story uh, uh, as far as the way I was raised and how I came to God. So you're not looking at a preacher that is third or fourth generation Pentecostal. I don't mean to be offensive to all of you third and fourth generationers that come to town and preach a sermon. You're like, okay, he's up there in his little gray suit, you know, whatever. You know, I'm not going to, he thinks he's all that. No, that's not, you're missing, that's not who I am. I understand what it's like to fight for truth. That's why I worry in great states like Louisiana where you are, there's a lot of fourth and fifth generation Pentecostals. I plead with you. If I could leave you to one thing, and I'm just talking to, I don't know why God told me to tell you this, don't lose your heritage. Because a lot of gener- churches are dying in their third and fourth generation because they're more consumed with the world than they are carrying it on, passing it on to their kids. And that's a very, very dangerous thing. And a lot of churches are down here are third and fourth and fifth and sixth generation or whatever. They're some of the oldest churches, and we've been raised in it, and we take it for granted. Please, witchcraft is the fastest-growing religion in America right now. Look it up. It's the fastest-growing religion. It's in our cartoons. It's in our TV. It's in our Internet. It's everything. Is, you can't Disney. You can't do anything without seeing it. And guess who's happy? The people, my family, the people I come from, they are happy because they see all this, and they told me it was going to happen years ago. They told me this, I'm going to preach, but they told me that he, that uh, churches are going to be nothing. This is what my mom told me. She said, Charlie, you can join the Christian church, but she said they're going to be nothing more than social clubs in the 21st century, and a lot of them have become social clubs. It's all about what we can get, and she said we are practicing and pushing forward in what we believe, but the churches are more consumed with other things than they are God. And I thought to myself, that's a scary thing. We have to get back to apostolic. I'm not here to beat on the drum, but if we got, I'm just being honest. If I'm going to come here and preach, it's not a show. It's not entertainment. It's not what this guy that we like, this guy or not. We have to get back to apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled revival because we are living in a demonic world that hates what we stand for. Genesis 17, 14 through 17, I'm going to read. And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of forsaken skin is not circumcised and his soul shall be cut off from his people hath broken my covenant. Yes, I read fast. I did California. I was okay. Uh, down south, they give me a hard time because I am a Yankee. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, but there Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also her of yea. I will bless her and shall be a mother of nations. King of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety, ninety years old bear? And this is what we are struggling with in the world today. And I want you to hear me closely. Everybody wants to preach about, we have, I got friends, they call themselves faith preachers. You know what I'm talking about. And they believe in, they, they, they're all faith. But the reason people have struggles in today's society is because you can't have faith without hope. You have to have hope. A lot of people lose their hope, so faith is useless. Who needs God to answer a prayer in your life right now? Who need, who's going through something? You know, it's great LSU won that last-minute game, and it's awesome, and, or last second, whatever that thing was. But in the reality, none of us are going to be, and I love that, and I respect it. It's fun. But in the reality, we're all going to wake up on Monday morning, and we still got to deal with life. 
They, they're, those kids aren't going to worry about it. And those are kids, and they're great, and I respect their, what they're doing. But we got to deal with life here. Who's going through a tough time in their life? Hold up your hand. You need God to answer some kind of prayer. Hold up a hand. I believe God's going to answer some prayers in this building. Let's lift our hands across this place and ask God to heal, deliver, revive, and bless everybody that has taken time to come into this building. Lord, I thank you for these wonderful people here in southern Louisiana that have taken their time to come to the house of the Lord. Lord, I give you praise and glory for what you've done, what you're about to do in Jesus precious name I pray somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise across this building you may be seated I am very very familiar with southern Louisiana culture so do not doubt me don't over underestimate me I'm very familiar I preached a lot I practically lived in Lake Charles preaching for a couple years, Brother Hill, I don't know if you remember that, but when, uh, Brother Massey was there, I practically lived there, preaching all the time, and I preached tons for uh, right down the road in Jennings for Reverend Archbishop Superintendent Clifton Lejeune. <laughs> Some of you know who he is, yes. But he's doing, amen. We have so many passive Christians that have the type of faith, excuse me, that limits our dreams. I want a radical faith not a content faith. <clears throat> you can't sit on our couch and too many people and wait on the Lord as life passes us by. We're not waiting on the Lord here in southern Louisiana. The Lord is waiting upon us. The kingdom suffereth violent, and the violent taketh by force. Everybody that Jesus called in the Bible, they were not lazy people. When he found the disciples, they were after it. He taught them. He trained them. But God uses people that are willing to move. I believe that there are people that have walked inside of this building this morning that we have kings and nations inside of us. We may feel barren right now, but I believe that we, many of us, have kings and nations, and we don't even realize it. You're broke right now. You're struggling. You're hurting. You're going through a tough time, but God told me to tell you that you have kings and nations inside of us. So you can't judge what's in you by what you see around you. Because Abraham laughed and said, how am I at the age of 100 years old? My wife in her 90s going to have this supposable child. I got to thinking about that in my mind. I'm very analytical. I'm a Midwesterner. I'm not from the Bible Belt, so to speak, and I don't really believe in the Bible Belt anymore. No offense. There's no such thing. No offense, because people are just as rough everywhere from California to Florida to Texas to Wisconsin. People are people everywhere. The Bible Belt was for the 60s. Now people have become so anti-God and so left wings. That that's kind of out the door. I'm not being offensive, but you know what I'm saying. But I want you to understand something. So I looked at Abraham, and many of us can relate to that. And we, we look at, he's 100 years old. How in the world is this man going to do this? He's living in a nursing home, for lack of better words. He's got, I'm not trying to be offensive, but he's, I mean, you're 100. He's got some things going on. He's early stages of Alzheimer's. He has the nurses taking care of him. He can barely walk. Uh, the, the, the God prophesied, he's been prophesied over that God says you're going to have this, uh, this child. His wife is Sarah. She's got rheumatoid arthritis. She's 90-something years old. She's in the, had three hip replacements. She almost died in one of them, fought through COVID, barely survived that. I mean, I'm just being honest. How, this, this, I've heard this preached a million times, and I've never heard a preacher really dissect it the way they need to dissect it. 
what it's it's ludicrous what you're I think that's the name of a band but that's it's crazy that a hundred year old person could conceive with a 90 year old person and have a child when he's in the nursing home and she's half dead I knew I'd keep some of your attention Sunday morning, whatever day this week this is. My neighbors, think about this. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, dude, his, none of, hey, who does he got to look to for a reference? When it comes to miracles and healings, we get up here and sing it, uh, Pastor, and, and, and you sing about it and we preach about it, but we always look for a reference, don't we? We always look to somebody to show us. You want a reference, okay? I want to see what you're talking about. It's our human nature. So my neighbors, uh, he's in the stinking nursing home. Ain't none of them getting pregnant. My friends, the two of them that are still alive, her friends, they're not getting pregnant. The people I went to high school, well, well, the one that's left, he's got diabetes and can't walk. He ain't getting pregnant. Who do they got to look? Now, you think I'm not trying to be offensive, but I'm telling you the reality of life. And some of you look at me, well, you cut. No, it's the reality. You don't, 190-something-year-old people don't have babies. And, not, and, and I don't know any 100-year-old person that's in perfect health, nor 90-something, except for uh, Sister Mangan. She's very healthy. But besides her, I don't know anybody that age. Abraham said unto God that Ishmael might live before thee. So basically God is telling, uh, Abraham says, uh, but God, I don't, that's mathematically impossible for me to have this child over here with Sarah because she's getting ready to have hip replacement surgery. But I got this boy over here named Ishmael. You know what I'm talking about. I, I had that affair, you know, mess around with that woman, you know, Hagar. And we had this, we had this little baby over here. And, you know, he's, he's a cute little baby over here. I can give you him. Abraham said, I have this kid over here, you know that situation. God said, Sarah, thy wife, will have a son. Thou shalt call his name Isaac. I, I, I'm not talking about Ishmael. But he's like, hey, hey no, no, no. I, don't, I can't see the Isaac thing, but I can see the Ishmael thing. I got Ishmael already, so I'll give him to you because I can see him. But I, I, this Isaac thing, it's mathematically impossible. I know Ishmael didn't come in the right situation, and it wasn't all done right. But the reality of it is he's here. So while he's here, I'll just go ahead and give him on to you, God. And God said, I'm not talking about the substitute blessing. I'm talking about Isaac. I'm not talking about a counterfeit situation. I'm talking about Isaac. I don't need you to cover for me, Abraham. I'm talking about I will establish my covenant with him for everlasting covenant with the seed after him. As for Ishmael, yes, I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he begot, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be established through Isaac. In other words, in a year's time, nine months to deliver, you are going to have this baby. And I don't need a substitute blessing. You don't tell me what I can do and can't do. Let me take this a little bit deeper, and I'll get to the good stuff in a minute. The reason why a lot of people don't see miracles of God, because we tell God what he can and cannot do, because we don't have hope in the situation. We look at it, we don't have no point of reference. I haven't had anybody seen delivered from that situation. I haven't seen a financial blessing in this situation. I haven't seen a miracle. So, God, you could tell me all you want to that preacher, but I don't have any point of reference. You have got to learn to get hope in God that he was and that he is and that he always... I don't care if it's never happened before. My God is still God. I don't care if I've ever seen it before. My God is still God. He's still omniscient. He's still omnipotent. He's still holy. He's still righteous. He's still God. I may not understand, but he is still God. I don't want to get too excited. But in Hebrews 11, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. 
Wow, that was deep, I know. Man, they're going to have me preaching everything now. That's so good. Then you go through this long dissertation of things they did by faith. You would think when you read the text, the star of the text is faith. We got all these, and I'm not trying to be funny. But I preached a revival in San Antonio for six months. And I would preach, we were having, we had like 200-something people get the Holy Ghost. And I'm just, just telling you, so that's why I stayed there. And uh, we were going, and God was doing great things over there in San Antonio. Well, he had other evangelists come through uh, because they were already on the calendar, and he felt bad, so he'd let them preach at 9 o'clock because he didn't want to cancel them because that's, you know, how they got to survive. And a lot of them would tell me, he said, well, I'm a faith preacher. And I'm thinking, what exactly is a faith preacher? Because people talk about faith, but we don't need faith preachers anymore. Because faith is not the star of the text. Hope is a star of the text. Faith is a supporting actor. So what I'm trying to tell people, I had a dear friend of mine, so I'm a faith, you're an outreach preacher. I said, don't box me into an outreach guy. You're an outreach guy. I'm a faith guy. I said, first of all, I got a thing called hope. And when I got hope, I can preach faith. I can win souls to the Lord. I could see people get baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah, I don't need a title. When you got hope, anything is possible. And too many people have lost hope, so you can't have faith. You got to walk inside of here and say, I may not have faith today, but I got hope that God is and God was and God always I'm tired but I still got hope my husband walked out on me but I got hope I'm sick in my body but I got hope I'm at battle and anxiety but I got hope I've been fighting depression brother but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world when you get hope everything is possible can I have about oh, 15 minutes 12 minutes I don't know no 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 we got church twice today. When I, I get the, I, every church I go to, oh, we're having a second service today. I'm having fun. It always falls on the Sunday I'm here. I'm beginning to get suspicious of this. Oh, he's coming. Let's do two. Yeah. The reason they have lost their hope, I can tell by the way people eat when they lose their hope. See, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If your faith has nothing to do, you're not hungry, right? What drives people to come to church is you got to feed your faith, right? But if your faith isn't hungry, you can't do nothing because you have no hope. If your life is just ritualistic and routine, there are people listening to me that are in a fight here this morning. They didn't come here to look at this crazy, goofy preacher from the north. They didn't come to look at my uh, 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 socks that you cannot see, and I'm real proud of that. They did not come here to see this. They came here because they need some word to get them anchored. They don't need a fancy sermon. They don't want to pat somebody on the back. They don't need anything, but they're struggling for hope. Hope is an expected end. It's not necessarily an expected process. Hope is an expected end. When you get hope, you don't know how you're going to make the journey, but you know the journey is going to be taken care of at the end. So come hell or high water, elder, you can walk up inside of here and everybody thinks your world's a mess, but you could say, I know how it's going to end because God is the beginning and God is. I don't know what I'm going to face while I'm on earth, but when I die and take my last breath, I'm going to go to a place of no more pain and no more fears. So I got hope that he is a healer, a deliverer, a miracle worker. All you business people out there, listen to me closely. My hope is I need a business. 
My faith is I need a building. But if the building doesn't come through, it doesn't mean I lost my hope. Are you hearing me? I may have to change my method, modify it a little bit, but the expected end is still the same. I get a building or if I don't. At the end of the day, if I got to have it in my house, I'm going to have a business. <laughs> I don't live this life to come back empty-handed. If I toil all night, I'm going to get my business. We have all these teachings about faith in our movement, but we're talking about people who have settled. We have settled because we've lost hope. Honey, you want apostolic Holy Ghost filled revival? I told them this. I went in two, two of the toughest cities. So this preacher is, let me tell you where I've been for the last, uh, since the, August. I have preached a month and four weeks in San Diego, vacation capital of the America. And I, then I spent a month and a half in L.A., in L.A., Glendale. The Kardashians are from there. I have been in the ritziest in L.A., and guess what? We were baptizing people in every service, and people were getting the Holy Ghost in every service. Not because of me, but because I told those people in the midst of all that stuff going on, there is too many people that have lost hope. And when you get hope, no devil in hell can stop you. When you get hope, you believe that God can do anything at any given time. You don't walk up in here and worry about what anybody else thinks. You say, today I'm going to get healed. Today I'm going to get filled with the Holy Holy Ghost. Today my miracle's coming. Today I'm going to I'm looking for somebody to get hope up inside this crib and let every demon know, get out of my house. Get out of my car. Get out of my job. Get out of my family. Get out of my life. When I get hope, when I get hope, apostolic Holy Ghost filled revival breaks loose. When I get hope, somebody make a joyful noise. Somebody, I don't care what your culture is. I don't care what money you got in the bank. When you got hope, you can walk in the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from you. When you got hope. And court cases, before you go into litigation. Now, I've been arrested a few times. Not lately, don't worry. Because I was raised in a godless society, I like to drink and I like to smoke. And I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm not being politically correct. I can't stand preachers that are so politically correct they won't preach on nothing. But we got people from all walks of life that walk in our churches. And we love all of you. My goal is to help you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm talking about me personally. I liked, I drank, smoke, party, all that stuff, everything. And I got arrested a couple times for public intoxication. And we'll get into that later. But in a court case, many times before you go into litigation, they will give you an opportunity to settle. Do you know what I'm talking about? A lot of people settle not because of their innocence or guilt. They settle because it costs too much to litigate the case. Sometimes in a case where you have large expenses, you will settle the case because you don't want to pay the cost. But I have met other people that are highly principled. And it's not about the cost. It's about getting to the facts. And whatever it costs you. It may be inconvenient. They may run your name through the mud. But, I, but if I have to get a jury selection, it's going to be tough. But I refuse to settle. When it comes to the things of God, a lot of people don't want to go through the cost to get the blessings. They lose the hope and they sell out. I'll settle for a little blessing over here. I'll settle just to sit inside the church house and go through the motions. I'll settle to come once a month. I'll settle to live in my mess. I was born into a broken poverty family, so I'm always going to be in poverty. I've always been cheated on, so I'm always going to be cheated on. I've been battling with anxiety, so I'm all, you get my point. That's what you do when you settle. But when you were willing to go through court, you come in here. And if you battle anxiety, 
you say, Lord, I got hope that I'm going to get healed. And if I don't get healed today, I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to believe it tomorrow. You got to get hope that no matter what you go through and what hell comes your way, I am not settling when it comes to the things of God. I'm going to walk up in here. And I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I still have hope. Oh, around me I see people who said it for far less. I'm tired of walking in churches for far less than what God told them they could have. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Let me tell you something. I'm not here. I'm tired of people that just give him. I'm not picking out no spiritual casket. Don't be offensive, but I'm just being real. I'm not going to settle. It may take longer. It may have to pay more. I may have to change. But I, faith and hope, I will not settle. Because guess what? I'm going to fight every day I came to feed my soul. I have opposition. I have voices on my shoulder. I can't do it. I can do it. I'm too old. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm not smart enough. But I need to feed my soul so I can fight back. I need faith, which is manufactured by the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want somebody to preach to me straight. I don't need just a faith preacher. I need a hope preacher. I don't want a kitty cat up here preaching to me worried about if he offends the pretty lady on the third or fifth row or if the man with the money in the church gets offended. I want somebody to preach to me like a lion and let me know there's a devil after me but I got hope in God there's a demons around but I got hope in God I may fight hell but I gotta get on my knees and get out of my self pride and be willing to go to an altar lift up my hands go to an altar lift up my hands and say the joy of the Lord is my strength somebody give a Lord a hand clap somebody begin to lift up your voice across I'm struggling, but I got hope on the right-hand side. I'm struggling, but I got hope on the front row. I'm struggling, but I got hope in the back. I'm struggling, but I got hope in my marriage. I'm struggling, but I got hope in my finances. I'm struggling, but I got hope in my health. I feel the Holy Ghost. Why do I know this? Because let me tell you something. I don't want to preach all about this today because I ain't got time. But me and my mother were always on an even playing field. When I first started coming to church, I didn't have the Holy Ghost. I wasn't baptized. I had never heard of baptism. Never heard of it. Didn't even know what baptism was. I'm serious. I didn't know that you got baptized. I never heard of that. You call me stupid, call me what you want. I just never heard of it. I never, and this is even crazier. I had never heard of speaking in tongues. Never heard of it. Never thought about it. I never read a Bible. There was no Bibles in our house. God knows that. The only time I heard God's name was used, and it was in vain. I'm just being honest. And me and my mom were always on an even playing field when I first started going to church because she would fight me going to church. She would mock me, tease me, laugh, and just criticize and say, you won't make it living for God and, you know, whatever. And those people are this and they're that. And she was very negative about church because I was pulling away from what I was raised up in, witchcraft. Long story short, and I'll tell you more about this later. You know what? It was an even playing field because I didn't have the Holy Ghost. I didn't speak in tongues. Now, why are you saying, oh, that's not necessary? Oh, yes, it is. Because I'm telling you from the world and what I come from, I'm going to make something real simple for you. I, 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 I didn't have the hope to defeat my mom because she was fighting. And I would go to an altar, and I would pray. 
And I would have people pray for me, but I never would get the Holy Ghost. And my mom, what she was doing is she was doing things with, you know, crazy things. I won't get into all of it now, but did things to try to fight me, curse me, to keep me from getting the Holy Ghost. That's what she thought she could do. She said, you won't get the Holy Ghost because we were on an even playing field. But what I did is when you get hope in God, you got to outsmart your opponent. So we decided we're going to have a Monday night prayer meeting without telling her. So a bunch of us people from the church, group of us, went to somebody's house, and we had a Monday night prayer meeting. And I'm going to tell you what, it was Martin Luther King's birthday. Sure was. In January, sure was. And it's crazy. It's awesome how God works. And it was Martin Luther King's birthday. We had a prayer meeting. And I'll never forget, it was a cold January night in St. Louis. Around the 22nd of July, January, excuse me. And I was praying, and I've never been one of those people that when people pray for me, the Holy Ghost, I would stand there and do this. When they pray over me, I had people shake my head, people shake my chin, people scream in my ear. And I'd like, nothing worked. Within f two minutes of them praying for me in that prayer meeting, I have never fallen out in the spirit like this before. I fell out in the spirit, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost that Monday night in prayer meeting. Why are you telling us this? Because all of a sudden, it wasn't an even playing field. Because when I saw my family, my mom said, what in the world? My dad said, what in the world did you do? I said, what do you mean what I do? Mom told me you, something's changed. She could feel it in the atmosphere. I said, well, I got a thing called the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. She said, oh, that's crazy. That's nuts. But all of a sudden, it, didn't, it was no longer an even playing field. Because every time my mom would try to t come against me, attack me, spiritual warfare, when I fight devils in the world, doing outreach, or reaching for people inside the church house, when you got the power of the Holy Ghost, you have hope in God. And when you have hope in God, nothing, no adversary can win. Because no matter how tired you are, you can walk up inside here, lift up your hands, and when you begin to speak in tongues, every demonic spirit has to go in the name of... When you begin to worship, every demonic spirit has to go in the name of Jesus. Every strong spirit has to go. When you say the name Jesus and begin to worship and speak in a heavenly tongue, you got authority and dominion over every adversary, every struggle, every... Str And these churches that are got so modern, we don't need all that tongue talking. We want to be so modern to please people. There, well, let me tell you something, the Holy Ghost, right now. My mother loves that. Witchcraft loves that because it's not about the way we look on the outside. That's the difference. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm gonna be real with you. It's not about the way we talk. And you, this is one of the best musicians I've ever seen. But it ain't about our music that separates us. It's about the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other. We better not get away from that because that's what stops the spirit. There's demonic spirits they call up. We got to call up the Holy Ghost. When you need to fight evil, you got to have good. You cannot fight evil in the flesh. There's nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. There's nothing more powerful than the name. Somebody clap your hand. We've got to get back to worship. We got to get back to tongue talking. We got to get back to the Holy Ghost. We got to get back to revival. We got to get back to praise. We got to get back to anointing. We got to get back to what really matters. I couldn't tell you what the girls were wearing there, and I'm not going to get off on all that. I couldn't tell you what the guys, I don't know, don't care. All I know is the Holy Ghost moved that day. And when the, tongue, the Holy Ghost gets inside of you, it'll change you, brother. I'm not trying to mess the cameraman up, but it will change you. It's power that comes inside of you from the inside that comes to the outside that is so powerful that when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it'll do things for you you never thought you could. And people ask me, I got five minutes, and people ask me this. They say, O'Rourke, 
What is it about the church that you like? How do you know it's real? Because I'll have people walk up to me all the time and say, oh, man, they're a bunch of crazies. That ain't real. I said, let me tell you something. It's not because of their preaching that I know you're real. Nothing against you. It's not because of your singing that I know you're real. It's not because of the way you dress or don't dress. It's not because of that. The reason I know it's real is because I knew we would do things. My mom, we, Halloween just passed. Just passed. The day of the dead is November 1st. I could get into that. I won't scare you. But it was a 48-hour festival where we literally would go trick-or-treating, but late at night, it's the biggest holiday in the Wiccan church. Late at night, second biggest holiday is April the 30th. See, you don't even know about the real holidays. People don't even know. They think it's Christmas. It's not. And I want you to know something, that we would literally go gather around a bonfire late at night after trick-or-treating, and it's supposedly the day the veil was the thinnest between the alive and the dead. And those weren't people we were talking to. Those were spirits. So if there was spirits in the, in the afterworld, that's what I realized. I'm talking from my past. There had to be a good if there is evil, right? Because why would there be evil without good? So when I walked in their church and you guys start talking about tongue talk and Holy Ghost, I said, that makes sense because I'd already seen the spirits that are evil. So why would God create, why would there be evil without good? There's no need. So I knew the evil was real. So when I walked in your church, I said, I don't care. You can try to talk to me about all the doctrine and everything. And I believe, you know, we'll get into all that later. But the thing that convinced me most was not the way you looked, that you were separate. It was the Holy Ghost. And when I received the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues, I had power and authority over every stronghold that the devil could ever. We got to get back to hope and we can't have hope without the Holy Ghost. When we allow the Holy Ghost to move, we can lift up our hands and we can pray and we can worship and we can take authority. The devil's telling churches they don't need to speak in tongues anymore. We've got to get back to it, honey. Wake up. That's demonic. We need the presence of the Holy Ghost to move in our churches like we've never... We've never seen them before. Music person, get in place. It's 11.15 and I'm going to shut up. Let me tell you something real quick. How many needs a miracle in their life right now? How many needs God to answer some kind of prayer in your life? Hold up your hand right now. Some kind of prayer in your life. Need you, God, who would like a touch, a feeling, a refilling of the Holy Ghost? Be honest. This is where we get all nervous. Hold up your hand right now. Feeling or refilling of the Holy Ghost. This should be easy. Hold it up high. If you need a feeling or refilling of the Holy Ghost, this should be something we truly desire. Let me tell you something. I know I'm in a deep south. Y'all like to hunt, don't you? And fish and all that good stuff, right? That's fun, right? Well, they took me on a hunting trip when I was a kid. I know nothing about hunting. They gave me a 12-gauge shotgun. They said, go sit in the woods with this gun and don't move. And they gave me a, we got our little license to hunt for buck. You know what I'm talking about? Trying to shoot a deer. And I'm out in the woods. I'm out there. They said, don't move. Be quiet. I got this 12-gauge shotgun. Leaves are on the ground because it's November. It's coming, it's coming up pretty soon here, as a matter of fact. And I'm out there in the woods sitting there. Don't move. About five minutes, I get bored. I see some little red-tailed fox squirrels running by. And I start shooting at them. I'm like, everything I was not supposed to do, I started doing. Pow, pow. Because I, 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 I lost hope that I'd ever see deer. I gave up. So I thought, I'll settle for this. And I started shooting at little, little uh, small squirrels. Well, the gunshots obviously carry when you're in the woods. You, you guys didn't know this, a lot of hunters. And, I'm, and all of a sudden, these people come around. What'd you, what'd you shoot? What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? I said, it's right there. They said, where? I said, right there. Where? I said, right there. That's a squirrel. Yeah, I shot it, killed it. Isn't it awesome? 
They said, are you stupid? What are you going to do with a squirrel? What are you going to do? And that's about it. But do you ever walked into anybody's house, Pastor, where you walked in? Have you ever been in a pa- your pastor? All, you know, these pastor's offices like to hunt. And, uh, and these houses, you know, they got this, I don't know, excuse me, but they got this uh, rare deer, from, uh, antelope, or I don't know, some rare, not antelope, some rare deer from Africa they shot. Look at this. I paid 20000 to shoot that. Look at that moose I shot up in Maine. I paid 50000 for that. Look at that rare alligator. No. Oh, but look at that red fox squirrel I shot. <laughs> Nobody ever does that. Because they're small. They're not worth stuffing. That's nothing great. It's not a big deal to, to shoot a fox squirrel. It's nothing big. It's all about the big buck. It's all about the, the horns or whatever you want to call them. It's about doing something big, right? When we lose hope, we settle for squirrel blessings instead of big buck blessings. We settle for small things instead of big things. We get impatient with God. Well, God, I tried for the Holy Ghost for six weeks ago. I didn't get it. God, I tried to get healed before. It didn't happen. So I'm just going to settle over here for my little squirrel blessing. I'm telling you right now, I don't want to be pointing on the wall as a preacher saying, well, God, I, I had good church. I don't like these preachers. No offense. They get up there all the time saying, so we had good church. Good church is nothing. You need to be having bucks on your wall. You need to have people get the Holy Ghost. We need to have people get... We need to have people getting delivered. I'm not well. I'm not in that ministry. You better get in that ministry because we're living in the last days. We need people praying through. We need people's lives being delivered. We need miracles. We need deliverance. We need change. I preached my heart out today. And I'm half blind. I can't see everybody out there. I thought I looked back in the back. I thought I saw somebody new, but I don't. I was like, oh, she's from San Antonio. No, she's not. There's a lady in the very back. I'm not trying to be offensive. You look like a lady named Joy. Right there. She didn't even see me. Yet, yet the one turned her head. You look like a lady. Yep, yep, you look like Joy. A lady in San Antonio. You got a twin in San Antonio. That's what I thought you were. Sweet lady. Great soul winner. You look just like her. So I want you to understand something. Who needs God to do a miracle in your life right now? Hold up one hand right now. Who needs God to answer some kind of prayer in your life right now? Hold up one hand right now. Who wants to touch of the Holy Ghost? Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.